Good morning everybody, it's your Friday night DM, Shay Cormack, and uh, I'm creating this podcast as I go for a walk next to the ocean this morning um, in my hometown. It's a beautiful day, the ocean is still, um, and we're looking forward to a bright and sunny day, so I'm a, full of optimism, and I, it's Friday, so tonight uh, my friends are coming over to play Dungeons and Dragons, and in fact, um, one of our players who's just started DMing is going to bring a game for us to play and he's going to be running um, Lone Wolf I believe is what he's running. I constantly get confused and think it's some kind of werewolf game and I'm always referring it to it as that and he's constantly correcting me and reminding me that no no it's just a normal uh, fantasy uh, genre role-playing game so we're really looking forward to playing that tonight um, and I'm just starting this podcast to to reply to a couple of um, messages that I've got and uh, talk about some of the things I'm excited about um, in creating my role-playing game for my friends. So I'm going to start off by playing a message from Riley. Hey Shay, Riley here again. Um, I'm running a game called Forbidden Lands by Free League, which is, they use a D6 uh, dice pool system. So I like all the tables that use D6s. Um, so your D12 monster wandering monster table um, I can use d66 or 2d6 for that but what I've been doing is using 3d6 um, so that like 3 and 18 are really rare and the cent- center numbers are more common and I find that useful because if the area is going to have some rare monster like an ant in this game um, that can be on one of the high or low ends and then like bandits in the center so your option for a d12 gives more monster options. Mine only gives me seven, but I have the option of changing the chance of what comes up. So I don't know. Just wondering how yours goes having like a manticore being as common as bandits. Oh, great message, Riley. Thanks for calling in. Um, there must be a little bit of confusion because my wandering monster table is actually 2d6. So I do have that kind of bell curve of probability. Um, that you're talking about with yours and so that's how I deal with it so you know I have unlikely encounters um, on 2 and 12 so normally in my tables the 2 is a really good encounter like maybe you get to meet the magical tattooist uh, who for a fee will um, put a tattoo on your body allowing you to have a one a day cast of a cantrip or a first level spell Um, 12 might be the chimera uh, that swoops from the sky and kills half the party with his breath weapon in the first uh, first round of combat. So I do have um, that bell curve going on. Uh, but your message really excited me and got me thinking about um, expanding my tables and using more dice and combining uh, what you said with a little bit of what uh, I think the author of, uh, the creator of a podcast called Deep Percentile. I'm going to, in the... Um, in the notes of this episode put a link to his podcast and get his name right and the name of his his podcast right Um, but I was listening to him the other day about uh, random tables and about using um, random tables where you roll your whole fistful of dice so you roll your d4 your d6 your d8 your d10 12 and 20 and they each of those dice is for a different table Um, and so then you can get this amazing uh, depth of possibilities in your rolling and so I've been thinking about that uh, and thinking about my 
Wandering Monster tables and all the other various tables I use. And I thought I want to start using more and more variety in my dice um, because I already use a variety of tables, D12, D6, 2D6, D4s. I use a whole variety of dice because I want to use all my dice. I've got seven of them, so why not use them? Um, and I just started writing my new carousing table uh, for shipboard carousing when my party are on a boat. And I thought, you know, on a boat it's all about gambling. They probably have lots of dice games. I'm going to do a table for carousing that uses 4D4. And I'm just really excited about, about the idea. Just even the aesthetic of rolling 44 and having these four little pyramids um, on the table in front of you. You know, there's kind of like that element of they look sharp and pointy. They roll funny. It's a crazy, you never get asked to roll 44. I can't think of any other situation where you're asked to roll that, that handful of dice. No one really has 44 unless, you know, because it's not like a dice, like a D6 where everyone collects heaps and heaps of them. Uh, so people will be scrambling around looking for enough dice to roll. And you come up with some funny results. And one of the exciting things, like you said, about using um, multiple dice is you get that bell curve. So when you roll 44, the chance of rolling one on all the dice is really low. And so it means I can put something really extreme in the carousing table for really rolling really low or really high. So my favorite one that I created was uh, on a four. So getting four ones, you get a black mark. And I don't know if anyone's remembers uh, books like Treasure Island or any other kind of pirate um, lore, is when you get given a black mark, it means you're gonna be killed. There's like, everybody's out to kill you. You don't know when an assassin's gonna turn up and end your life. And if you get that result on my carousing table, from then on, at the end of every session, including the one you're, you're playing right now, you have to roll 44. And if you get another result of four ones, you're dead. An assassin has somehow uh, crept up on you and killed you in some way, and that's the end of your character. And uh, I think it's pretty cool that you can use these probabilities to make such outlandish and improbable things that if that actually happens to one of my players, I think that'll be the most amazing thing ever. I'll be so happy if they die that way by rolling four ones and then at another session rolling another four ones and just randomly dying out of, out of uh, totally out of the blue. But I don't think the player will, can, will be complaining about it too much because the chance of rolling four ones on 44 and then in another roll rolling the same roll is so, is so tiny. Um, that I think you'd find it hard to complain about that. But let's wait and see if it happens and then to see whether the players complain about it or not. Uh, I'm just excited about um, your comment about using 3D6 as well. And I was just thinking about the way I use uh, 2D6 to determine uh, the terrain, or tactical terrain of uh, an encounter and counting things like doubles um, and, 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 and total, the total, not only the total that you roll on the dice, but also whether this uh, or any individual numbers uh, create specific things. But the interesting thing is when I started thinking about doing 3D6, you could have very rare occurrences like what if you get triple six or any triple um, on the roll, you can have some really unlikely um, terrain um, events or uh, atmospheric events or just really weird stuff that can turn up on these crazily unlikely rolls um, and you can make some really interesting stuff so uh, making tables 
um, is one of the most fun things about running a hex crawl and about just creating things through tables uh, and through likelihood um, and then just waiting to see what happens in the game it's all good so my one recommendation to you is don't get stuck on the idea of you only can use d6 because the game uh, you're playing relies mainly on d6 get all your other dice out and uh, give them a burl as well mate cheers i've got another special uh, call in to play for you guys now the famous jason hobbs uh, from hobbs and friends hex talk and random screed has finally uh, sent me a call in big thanks uh, jason i'd like to play your message right now hey shay <clears throat> jason hobbs from random screed here I've been meaning to call in, but it's uh, just hadn't happened, so I caught your latest episode where Riley called in, and that has to be a wonderful feeling, knowing that uh, someone took your information and turned that into an actual game, and now is doing some fun and friendship and fellowship with his own group. So keep paying it forward, man. It's great to hear from you. Good job on the show. Keep it up. Thanks, Jason really is special getting a call in from you and it is all about paying it forward because in reality um, the ideas Riley got off me to use in his game were ideas I got off you to use in my game uh, so it's a constant process of in inspiring and stealing um, ideas and information and uh, inspiration from each other so thanks so much mate hey um, another thing I'm excited about with my latest carousing table for my players carousing on a boat is I have included um, a version of poker for everyone to play as well. So you might appreciate this, Jason, since you're an avid poker player. And also, uh, if you want to check out the file that goes along with this, uh, just check in my um, the notes of this episode and you'll find a link to my Google Drive where you can have a look at this carousing table. So not only do my players roll 44 on a carousing table, at the end of a session where they're on this uh, vessel but also I deal them a hand of cards just five cards out of a normal 52 card deck so it's a very primitive version of poker that they play um, and then they get a payout depending on what they've got so uh, it gets pretty crazy if you get a royal flush um, they're going to receive a 1.5 million platinum pieces uh, which is a stupidly staggering amount of money. But if someone can get a royal flush when I deal them five random cards from a deck of 52, the chance of that occurring is something like 0.00015. It's just ridiculously unlikely. So, But it'd be pretty funny if someone hits that and uh, becomes instantly wealthier than than a king or a queen in Dungeons & Dragons. I don't know how a king would have. Anywho, um, it goes down through the list of uh, possible poker hands all the way down to... Uh, getting three of a kind, in which case you'd get uh, 10 platinum pieces times the face value of the card you've, uh, the card that you've got three of a kind of and stuff like that. And a full house is 2,000 gold pieces. A four, four of a kind is 1,000 platinum pieces. And you can actually lose some money. If you've just got a high card, you lose uh, that face value of that card times 10 silver. So it's going to be a pretty cool mechanic because when the players carouse, it's a given that they're going to be... Um, gambling on the ship so they'll get a, a hand of cards dealt out to them so they might get some money out of that but also they roll on the carousing table um, to see what happens and just to mention another really cool entry on the carousing table 
Um, getting a 16, so rolling four fours on your D44s, is uh, you win the title, the deed and title to the ship, and by default gain the captaincy. And the ship is worth 17,500 gold pieces, but being the captain gives you a plus four to your charisma stat while you're on board the ship. And uh, when you're off, off the boat, but still in possession of the ship, you get a plus two to your charisma stat. So I thought that was a pretty fun one as well. Some really good stuff can happen um, and some not so good stuff. In fact, I've got to mention one other that I'm really pleased with. A 15 on this table, the result is you win a treasure map in the game of chance. And if your character skips the next 1d6 sessions and instead you play a level one character, namely the cabin boy, then you can roll on the treasure hoard CR 11 to 16 and get all of the treasure for yourself. So you're, it's like your character goes off on a little side quest uh, to go and find this buried treasure and they come back 1d6 sessions later with a massive haul of, uh, of cool stuff. So I'm really looking forward to people playing that. Thanks again, Jason, for calling in, mate. Uh, and uh, nearly finished this episode, guys. I might just add a little bit tomorrow morning after we play our session tonight. Cheers, guys. Bye. Well, guys, I decided to change my mind and not do any more to this episode. I think I might do another episode tomorrow morning after we've played D&D tonight and uh, maybe make it a review of the first session I play of Lone Wolf. So thank you so much for everyone who's listening and uh, please keep coming back and um, making call-ins and stuff like that. It's really fun doing this. Thank you very much. Bye.